Hello, and welcome to Setting the Standard, the podcast about wireless radio standards creation from the Wireless Innovation Forum. I'm your host and communications director of the forum, Stephanie Hamill. In this episode, we're talking with Naveen Hathramani of Nokia about the forum's 6 gigahertz operational and functional requirements document, TR1014, which sets the stage for the operations in the band. Hi, Naveen. Thanks for joining me today. Hi, Stephanie. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, okay, so today we are talking about TS1014 and um, the WinForum 6 gigahertz AFC functional specification work group. So this document is being prepared in that group. And can you talk about the group and how it fits in the larger uh, WinForum 6 gigahertz committee? Sure, I can do that. So uh, we go back one step. The 6 gigahertz committee was established um, to provide specifications which would allow for AFC systems and its related ecosystem to be certified. So in order to accomplish this task, uh, the two working groups that were created, one was this AFC functional specification working group, which is creating this TS-1014, and the other is the test and certification working group, which will rely on this TS-1014 to, stab- to establish a specification for the tests that need to uh, be provided for AFC systems and AFC devices. So that's how the AFC functional specification workgroup fits within the committee. Now, under the AFC functional specification workgroup, we've got several task groups uh, that uh, tackle specific issues. So we've got the incumbent data task group, and this task group is tasked with creating requirements and possibly TRs, which address uh, issues in the ULS, which is the commission's database, used to protect uh, incumbents. It's called information on incumbents. So any issues on around missing data, unknown data, unrealistic data is being tackled by that group. Then we've got the interference task group, which tackles issues around the protection of incumbents related to interference, like building entry loss, passive reflectors, and uh, those sorts of things. And last but not least, we've got the security task group, which tackles uh, security issues to make sure that we've got secure communications between AFC system, AFC devices, and between the AFC system and other databases it might interface with. Great, that's that's important. Um, And we do have a new website that is going to be launched shortly for 6 gigahertz committee that'll have all those groups in there with descriptions of them. So I'll I'll put that information in the show notes. Mm -hmm. Um, okay, now back to the document. Um, what does it accomplish in the six gigahertz space? Like, who is it uh, designed to help? So, I think the many people who this document can help, uh, for sure, it can help anyone who's trying to implement an AFC system or an AFC device. It can also help anyone who's willing to be an AFC operator. Uh, of course, like I mentioned before, it will help internally and within the Win Forum. It will help the test and certification work group, so they have trace, clear traceability between requirements and test cases that are created. And uh, it can also help incumbents to understand how they've been protected. For example, if they see what are the criteria that we've put in there for interference protection. So the way this is accomplished is by having. Uh, comprehensive set of requirements and these requirements are in different categories. So we have like, for example, our zero requirements, which are directly based on the FCC rules of part 15, 
So they're pretty much a copy paste of those rules into the specification. Then we've got R1 type of requirements, which are requirements which are an interpretation of the rules or they could, they could be from the report and order. And in addition to those two, we also have R2 and R3 requirements. So the R2 requirements are wind forum imposed to meet the FCC rules. And R3 requirements are wind forum imposed uh, to meet industry needs. And when I say imposed, it's agreed by consensus within the wind forum working group. So it's not really imposed by a single person, but yeah. Okay, and I think that actually answers my next question about how the requirements in the specific in the spec are organized, pretty much. Or do you have anything else on that? Well, well, I mean, the requirements, the yeah, the requirements are organized. They let's say they're categorized in those categories. Gotcha. Uh, what we do have is then an organization of these requ requirements into different sections. So we've got requirements for uh, devices, AFC devices. By AFC devices, I mean fixed client devices and standard power access points. And then we've got requirements more for the AFC system as such. So in the, we categorize it in that sense. We've got five different sections in the document as of now. And I'll get back to that as of now part in a minute. So those are those five sections would be device general requirements, where we have just generic requirements for devices such as the standard power access point, what it should provide the AFC when it's trying to get information on the available frequencies and uh, allowed power. Then we've got device transmission requirements, and over here we've got requirements on the transmission power and the out-of-band emissions, and that's the frequency available to these devices, which is the uni 5 and uni 7 bands, the 850 megahertz. Then we've got AFC general requirements. So in the AFC general requirements, we have, uh, again, generic requirements, like it says in its name, for the AFC, which could encompass things like uh, how frequently the AFC needs to get the data on incumbents from the Commission's database. Uh, the AFC should verify, for example, FCC ID and serial number of any standard power access points that wants to get uh, information on the available spectrum and power allowed. Uh, then we've got AFC incumbent operation, and over here all the requirements in this section are basically uh, with the goal of protecting incumbents, so we do all, use all the propagation model information provided by the FCC rules in Part 15. In addition, we will have additional WinForm requirements, which will ensure that the incumbents are protected in a satisfactory manner. And last, we have an AFC operations section which tells us basically how an AFC operator needs to get its AFC system certified, how long its term is, five years, etc. Uh, all the requirements around those aspects are uh, included over there. So as of now, I mean, we've, we're in a second interim release of TS-1014. We have balloted and approved all the R0 requirements and have approved the first set of R1 requirements. And we're looking forward to include more requirements. So the sections I, I mentioned before are the current five sections we have. And the security task group that I mentioned previously is looking into security requirements and those we're assessing whether they should be part of one of the five sections I just mentioned or they would fall under a new section. So that, that's kind of how the document is structured. Gotcha, it sounds incredibly comprehensive. Um, That's and, our target. And, I'm glad. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I know that there are other standards organizations developing standards as well. What makes this one different, perhaps? Okay, good question. So, 
I'm obviously not involved in every six gigahertz SDO. I am involved in some other ones outside the Wind Forum. And I would say they've taken a more direct approach. They have not uh, created, let's say, a specification with a list of all the requirements like we're doing within the AFC's functional specification working group. Instead, they've taken the approach of directly creating test specifications mm. and their requirements are implicit within their tests. So they kind of uh, lack some traceability, but they also may be uh, referencing the WinForum specifications for requirements purposes. So the, the way we've chosen in WinForum again is we create these specifications which provide clear uh, traceability towards test cases. So every requirement which is testable will have its corresponding test case. Um, and then last but not least, um, what are we looking at timeline-wise uh, for broad use of the six gigahertz band? And what, when that happens, what, what do you think the impact will be? So, okay, good question. So first of all, the six gigahertz uh, is more than what we're addressing in TS-1014. In TS-1014, we're only addressing six gigahertz operation for devices that need to be under the control on AFC. Right. So apart from that, we also have the low power indoor devices, which are allowed to operate in the whole 1.2 gigahertz that the US has opened up in the band. And these devices, some of them have already been certified. So this ecosystem, I, I guess, will flourish and will pick up very quickly in the next coming months, or at least that's my expectation. It also depends on the price of these devices, I guess, but from what sure. I've seen, they're pretty costly, but of course, they, they open up 1.2 gigahertz of spectrum, so that, that's a lot of spectrum, which can be of interest to many. From uh, the standard power access point, point of view, for example, these would allow for operation uh, deployments, let's say, in outdoor scenarios like campuses, and I think uh, it would be of interest to lots of people, including the verticals. We've already seen a big interest and pick up for verticals in shared bands in the CDRS, for example. And we also mm -hmm. see uh, increasing interests of their participation in other SDOs like 3TPP. So there's a clear interest and this 850 megahertz of spectrum obviously is very attractive to all. I'm hoping that we can see some standard power access points and the ecosystem also develop uh, and be deployed commercially by end of next year, I would say, as an estimated timeline. So, of course, uh, we have to do our homework and we're working hard on that, making sure all the specifications are in place so then we can get the devices tested and certified and then deployed. Great. And we are always looking for more people in the forum to help do that too. So, if anyone's okay. interested, come on over. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Yeah, thank you so much for your time, Naveen, and um, I'm sure I will see you in a committee meeting soon. So. Yeah, sure. Thanks. Thanks to you. Thanks. Bye. Have a good Bye. one. Bye, Stephanie. Have a good Bye. one. Bye.